Hi there, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Tonight, a bit different in that we have two guests with us. If you're familiar with Scottish Educators Connect, you'll know James and Anita. Very pleased to welcome you both. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. How are you? Good. Good. How are you, James? Tickety boo for a Tuesday, I suppose. <laughs> Tickety boo. <laughs> now, I could land you guys in it and say you were talking about how tired you were before you came on the call, but that, that would be cruel. That would be cruel. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for giving up the time because seriously, I know that your day is very demanding, um, like all educators at the moment. And I know that at the time we're recording, you, you're not quite finished work for the day. You've got more things to do this evening. So let's crack on. Start off just by setting the scene for us. Can you tell us a bit about Scottish Educators Connect in terms of um, what the, the vision was at the start? Why you did it? Do you want me to go first with this one, Anita? Yeah, I'll add a wee bit on the end. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think the best part about Scottish Educators Connect and for those folks that maybe have heard um, any of the podcasts from Scottish Educators Connect before is that it happened completely by accident. And it was quite an accidental, um, I would say miracle now, thinking around about where we are um, almost, uh, almost a year on. So um, at the time, uh, back in May, we were all in lockdown at that time. And I was reading a book called How Learning Happens. And it's got uh, 31 chapters in it. So I was uh, tweeting a, a chapter a day for the month of May. So I was reading it and sort of tweeting my, my thoughts. And Anita had picked this up on Twitter and had said, oh, let's uh, see if we could read something together sometime. And um, from that, a small group of practitioners got together and we were looking at play in the primary school was our first theme and um, looking at a professional learning text. And um, from there, it's now grown to a place where in our current uh, book group, we've got over 50 practitioners from education and health across Scotland uh, and, uh, and and growing by the day. Um, so, yeah, I, I think sometimes in, with these things, uh, the vision um, starts to starts to unravel itself later on than maybe initially at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, James and I, we quite often mention the accidental nature of um, Scottish Educators Connect and how we started this in lockdown, born out of a very nerdy passion for professional development. <laughs> and I think actually a need during lockdown to make another connection. Um, my only, my partner continued to work through lockdown. She's a police officer. And so I was home alone all of the time through lockdown. And so I think it was just making other connections. Twitter was my only <laughs> link to the outside world. And after the first book, we had nine teachers across Scotland. Um, and throughout that book, many were just reflecting on the safe COVID free space that we'd created yeah. just to talk about something we were passionate about. And now you were eight months on and eight books in and we're busier than ever and the, the structure of our book groups changes as well. So before it was just read a chapter, come along and we'll have a chat. Yeah. And now people are reading a chapter, they're doing preparatory tasks that we're setting them. Um, they're meeting in team spaces and meeting their groups throughout the week to do kind of learning around the book and, and discussion and then coming together to challenge those ideas. So 
it's more than we had originally planned that it would be. Um, and the preparation takes considerable time, both for James and Fry, but for those who are joining as well. But actually when your Monday nights are filled with people as passionate and connected and driven as you are, it just, it's nice that you're, you're with a like-minded group of people challenging the norm and challenging yourself, actually. Gives you energy, doesn't it? Connecting with people, like you said. And do you think, it is, it's funny, Sarah, actually, listening, it's, it's very similar to how this podcast got started. We, we, we were of the view that what was happening with COVID was just rubbish and we wanted to kick back against it a little bit and put something positive out there. Um, and, and the idea of a podcast was something we knew nothing about. Um, I, I had never listened. I didn't even know there were educational podcasts. Um, but what's clear is that people value connecting and, and you know, the feedback um, that you see round about your sessions. I just think it's brilliant what you're doing and keep doing it. James and I are still a bit surprised that people are coming along and <laughs> they want <laughs> they want to join our book club. It's um, it is still a bit of a surprise, but it's really worthwhile and it's definitely become the best part of my week through through COVID and lockdown. That's for sure. What do you think is the main appeal then? Why are they still coming? I think there's something around about that theme of connection that we've just talked about there around about being able to build that collaborative network with people that you may not necessarily stumble across in your day-to-day -day. Yeah. so predominantly the we're called Scottish Educators Connect and, and that takes into consideration a whole range of people from from um, earlier settings from schools, but also as we talked around about from, from healthcare as well and around about that multi-agency partnership. But quite often a number of these um, careers can be quite isolating at times in terms of um, shutting classroom doors or working in clinics that are behind the doors and all these things that can, I suppose, get in the way of true collaboration working with one another and also around about that place where that building into elements like the container building exercises we've been doing over the last couple of books where we have been trying to strengthen those team dynamics to make it as safe a space for people. I think what our members of Scottish Educators Connect often report throughout the sessions and, and towards the end of the book groups is just it's a place where you can come and have your voice and your opinions respected, but also challenged in a supportive way as well. And I think that's something that really adds to that is that for most people that are coming together, they've never met one another in person and Anita and I being, uh, being in that um, boat as well, but actually <laughs> able to have those respectful conversations in which we really do challenge and extend thinking and um, I think that's what you know when we're saying eight months on that's what makes me want to keep on being part of this and and seeing how the the profession itself takes further ownership of it. It's funny you said there about not having met in person because I reminded Billy that actually we've only met once in person and yet we meet <laughs> online each week to record yep. these and do this and it's kind of bizarre to think about it because I think you know a year ago 
or just over a year ago, I wouldn't have believed that that would be possible or that would be something that I would do or that you would connect with people in that way. And I think it's really interesting that we we do and we are and that we are continuing to evolve and, and develop that. Yeah. I think that this situation with lockdown has made people jump out of their connection comfort zones so I've had Twitter for a few like a couple of years now but I've never really connected in such a deep way mm -hmm. with people as I have this year mm -hmm. and I think that it is a mix of everybody working in a way that's just totally alien to us yeah. and then there's the loneliness and isolation of living in a household where sometimes you're the only adult for days on end and then it's also I think we've created a group of people who are not ashamed to challenge each other mm -hmm. but they're also not ashamed to share their own experiences and I think that there's a closeness that naturally happens when you're reading a book about trauma-informed practices and you have adults sharing their own childhood trauma their own adult trauma um, and you're sharing that together so I think it's the I think it's a mix of lockdown and vulnerability and actually there are good things that have come out of this lockdown I literally can't imagine not having James in my life anymore I text him midweek all the time said oh my god I'm having a nightmare please can we talk and it's just it's mental that we've never met in person. Yeah, a few weeks over Christmas, it just uh, felt slightly bereft. <laughs> oh, James. <laughs> I suppose when that does happen, then you need to both take a, a little video clip of the footage, you know, what happens when they do get together. Yeah. <laughs> just have a big, it's a big snowball fight somewhere yeah. in the middle. <laughs> but do you not think that there's something quite special about the fact that you guys and, and various other people we see kicking off blogs or you're just arranging things out with the official machine if you like you know and for me it, it typifies what we're trying to do in Scotland about giving people um, I suppose the, the empowerment word autonomy probably a better word you know, nobody tapped you guys on the shoulder and said could you create a professional learning group no, and I think, I think with Scottish Educators Connect, I feel really protective of it as well. Um, I've always been really interested in my own professional learning. Um, even when I was a probationer, I would always participate in local authority, CLPL, but I always talked it up with the stuff that I wanted to learn about. And a keen interest when I started teaching was... Um, a strong interest in disaffected pupils and I did lots of reading and lots of courses and I joined online learning networks and eventually took up a post in a specialist provision um, supporting children with uh, emotional um, challenges and um, support needs. So I've always been a bit of a go-getter in terms of that but I think lockdown last year I've noticed on social media and my own local authority just a real increase in the number of practitioners seeking their own learning and driven by their own interests and I just I think it's amazing you know our first book was attended by nine practitioners passionate and interested in play pedagogies mm -hmm. and they felt that they hadn't been offered that network in their own um, maybe professional experience so they've come and joined one on Twitter 
And I think as our professional learning offer progresses at Scottish Educators Connect, we just see more and more people who are just ready to drive their own passion. Mm -hmm. And it is that empowerment, isn't it? It's as teachers, we are bound by local authority and national agendas and national priorities. And um, that's important. But I think it's really important that we're observing and engaging more with educators who are driving and directing themselves, which mm -hmm. is independent of a political agenda or a local authority agenda. And I find it really inspiring because the empowerment agenda in Scotland, it can only really be fully realised when educators are actually seizing opportunities for themselves. And as teachers and in education, we talk all the time about valuing the voice of the child. And I think what teachers are doing now is they're valuing their own voice as well and saying, actually, this is what I want and this is what I need. And they're just going and doing it. And I think in Scotland, we're lucky that we have a system that doesn't shut that down. Yeah. And so do you think that the landscape of professional learning in Scotland is, is changing or has it changed already? I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's changed. I think three years ago, I would never have set up my own book club with people I've never even known. Um, I think that people are feeling more empowered. And I think that the last, the challenges of the last year have provided opportunities and maybe even time for people to explore their own interests and their own passions. And when you find a network of people or a community that supports that, then it will just continue. I think that local authority and national priorities, they are important. We need to have direction and drive within the whole system. But people come into teaching for their own passions and their own reasons. And probably 100% of the time, those reasons are independent of the national priorities and local authority agendas. And we need to give space for people to kind of explore their own passions and their own interests because you you want to continue to have a profession of passionate practitioners that was good alliteration wasn't it <laughs> something i feel that scottish educators connect has been able to provide and that's because it's been created by the people who who come to it and that's something we often say that scottish educators connect is in fact just the people that are there and they're communicating and collaborating at that time but is that true multi-agency nature of it that has grown and developed over time so previously I worked as part of the Northern Alliance Regional Improvement Collaborative and saw the power of multi-agency collaboration between sort of frontline education practitioners, educational psychologists, speech and language therapists, occupational therapists and what's been really interesting is that the themes that the books have attracted have attracted a real wide range of, of people. So, you know, yes, we have had um, in particular themes, you know, we might tend to have uh, more teachers or less teachers or more early years workers, less early years workers. Um, but we've had some um, creative based practitioners involved previously um, educational psychologists. Um, speech and language therapists and um, clinical psychologists come teachers and it's just great to have those diverse voices because 
I think it's those range of experiences that really enrich the conversations for the people at Scottish Educators Connect each week when they come together, but also through the likes of the, the blog and the tweets and all the things that happen in between times too. So um, that's something that I re really valued and something that sometimes professional learning networks don't offer because we deliver these in silos. And what I think it's, we're trying to provide is a place where a number of those silos are being removed and some of those walls are being removed in order to bring like-minded people together that have similar interests, but maybe have slightly different aims. Yeah. I'm in the lucky position that I know quite a few people who have or are participating in Scottish Educators, both kind of maybe just one book and some over, over a longer period of time. So I have kind of had that insight into their experiences. And earlier, um, I, think, I think it was you, Anita, who said about people kind of really challenging themselves and challenging others within, within that space. And I, and, and I absolutely recognize that because that's you know, some of the insight that I have had. And I'm interested in, you know, there's the learning that comes from the book that you're exploring, but also there's the learning from the process of the connection and the collaboration and the discussion. Um, but what what do you, what have you learned? What's been your biggest insight from this whole experience? Because there, I'm imagining there must be many. <laughs> I mean, Scottish Educators Connect has taught me so much about myself. Primarily that I talk a lot and I need to learn to listen more. <laughs> but I think the range of practitioners that I'm now engaging with has widened my understanding. So as an, an early years PT in Edinburgh, I have almost weekly contact with health visitors, social services, educational psychologists. And I mean, these are some of the best people I've ever worked with, but there have been tensions sometimes about decisions that are made and there's, you know, different rules and restrictions you know like I think as a teacher I have more freedom in terms of information sharing than maybe my speech and language colleagues do and so for me being able to be in an informal space and connecting with these professionals I've learned so much just about how their agenda and their goals are different but actually it's the interconnectedness that of our jobs that's really important and collaborating effectively mm -hmm. so that we are able to serve our communities in, in a successful way, a way that um, leads to, to health and well-being and care for children. And I think that for me, speaking with these professionals and learning of the tensions that they find with educators has been really eye-opening in how you know, as teachers, we always just want the best for children. And, you know, I have been in meetings. I've come home to my partner at night and I've said that social worker just doesn't get it. She just doesn't know. And actually, you know, when you speak with these people on a more informal level, they say the same thing about us <laughs> because we all have different confines, different policies and different procedures. So I think, yeah, for me that the the most helpful learning that I've had from this is that even though our management is different and our system structures are different, 
we are all dedicated in our profession and we all embody the ethos of improving the lives of the children and young people we serve and all of the professionals that I've come across in Scottish Educators Connect totally live the value of the child at the centre mm -hmm. and I just feel really privileged that I get to work with these people and I feel more privileged now from Scottish Educators Connect than I think I appreciated before. Mm -hmm. Interesting. For me, I think there's something that's been, that we've, I suppose Anita and I have talked about it often in, in preparation for the different book groups or in pulling together bits and pieces in terms of the podcasts or the blog along the way, but empowerment as a terminology can often be banded about as a as a word a phrase a concept or, or whatever it may be and whilst I suppose Scottish Educators Connect has been created as some form of of concept or some form of brand in order for that element of empowerment I still feel there's got to be a degree of facilitation there in order to even if it's just creating the space in order to facilitate the collaboration. So Anita and I have noticed that over time our role has slightly has slightly changed. So at the beginning there was um I would say quite a lot of coordination from our point of view in terms of being able to lead discussions and pull together discussion materials. And we've now got to this place over time with yes, a number of new members joining, but actually a significant number of returning members, where I feel that Scottish Educators Connect is becoming more owned and co-owned by the people that come. Mm. And I think that's a really sort of cherished place for us to be in at this moment in time is where everybody who joins Scottish Educators Connect feels like that they have an equal share within the community. And um, that's there. And I think it's just remembering that that takes time, as with any form of change or any form of community building that we're hoping to do, that that requires that, I suppose, coherence in terms of relationship building mm -hmm. and that opportunity in which that people are welcome again and again and again. So that door is always open for people to come together and, and create that space. And I think for me, that's something I'm proudest of that the members that, that join talk around about that feeling of warmth and and uh, welcome that they're brought with each time and and not necessarily by Anita or I but actually just by the the cohesive group as a as a whole. I think the um the friendships that have been made with Scottish Educators Connect um have been quite significant for the people who who join us on Scottish Educators Connect and you know, I've got this, I would say, really deep friendship with James, and it's one that is is not just a professional relationship anymore, it's definitely a friendship, but we see that throughout Scottish Educators Connect now, and you see it on Twitter when you see members commenting on each other, and I've known members who've met up with each other for coffee, mm -hmm. and, you know, there's a, yeah, I think the relationships have been really insightful, and it's really interesting how when you get a group of very different people together, but they have a shared passion, how quickly deep connections can be made. Um, yeah, I like it. It goes back to people and it goes back to relationships. Who would have thought it? <laughs> <laughs> I 
what and what's really come across from from what you're saying there, given the mix of people that that join and the range of topics, is that you were almost describing the importance of acknowledging perspective. I need to even example you gave about a team around the child and the different decision making. Yes, a social worker has a different perspective from a classroom teacher, who's a different perspective from a school leader, from a parent, and so on. Do you know? I think so much of what we're doing at the moment, as we are back in lockdown, we're we're being driven and pulled in a lot of different directions by different perspectives about what should be happening and what shouldn't be happening. How are you finding that in your own practice at the moment as practitioners? I started as a head teacher in post in October, so um, the that sort of post, as we know, first lockdown, and we'd gone into into full school return, and it's been a really interesting period for me over the last few weeks, I would say, in terms of this current current lockdown, because whilst I've been in the really fortunate position last term to start to build relationships with our children and with our staff. I would say that in terms of our families, for most, the most contact I've had is, you know, at a very safe distance for, for the few that, that drop off and pick up. Yeah. Um, and there's been lots of these online based calls as well. And I think it's coming back to that level of taking the time that Anita talked around about taking the time to listen and so we've got an absolutely amazing community of of children of families and staff who worked exceptionally well during the last lockdown process and it was really important for me to take stock and and listen about what worked well last time and try to build that as we as we moved forward because um, I've got some plans in my head around about things that I knew worked well in other places before, but actually starting with that child in mind, that family in mind, and that community as a whole in mind has been, has been really important. But I suppose that something that's slightly different is the way in which schools are operating at the moment with, with all schools being open to uh, the children of key workers and, and those that are deemed by the guidance to be vulnerable. So there is that place at the moment I feel as a school leader where you are having to to almost separate yourself in half between um, the children that you're supporting in the provision and the children and the families and the staff that you're supporting out with the provision and how do we how do we take that that dual role so um at the moment I think that there's something around about you know there is times where I've quite clearly got my operational head on um, and and times where I've got my strategic head on and I would say that the operational is 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 more tipped on that scale at the moment and I think it's just realizing that that's that that's okay um, and it was just picking up on on Sarah's uh, newsletter at the weekend and just that sense of reasonableness um, and I've been talking about it every day this week with anyone that'll listen so thank you for that Sarah. I think um, for me Scottish Educators Connect has helped me to take account of other perspectives and other people's priorities and I think when we're working now in a lockdown situation where I still have all of the same remit I have the same workload so I have my teaching remit but also on top of that I have my care for the early level children I have a number of children in my nursery who I feel 
need me. They need my team. They need the practitioners. They need that love, that care, those cuddles. They need the play. And um, I really worry about them and I worry about them being at home. I worry about their families. Um, and I think it's understanding that even in lockdown, we can still call on our professional colleagues to help us. We can still use our connections with health visitors and speech and language and educational psychologists and more importantly for me social services to help support these families and though I don't get the daily cuddles that I'm used to that I need for my well-being I'm still able to 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 seek help from those other agencies and yeah. lockdown is hard for everybody but our goal of serving our children is still the same and our care and love for the children is still present that doesn't lock down with you absolutely as an educational psychologist at heart it's lovely to have heard them mentioned so many times um because <laughs> often i think as I know from experience as an educational psychologist, you can often feel like the forgotten part or the, the missed part of education. So it's lovely to have heard that come up so many times tonight. Um, well, I have to jump in there and tell you, since becoming a principal teacher in my last role in the West of Edinburgh mm -hmm. and my current role in the East of Edinburgh, I have worked with two very exceptional educational psychologists who have supported me and the children I work with no end. I, I couldn't do this job without them. Absolutely not. Brilliant. That's always good to hear. <laughs> I have to ask you both. I'm, I'm intrigued. What's been your favourite book that you've you've covered on Scottish Educators Connect? Oh, um, for me, it was uh, Brenny Brown's. I knew me. you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if it was uh, just circumstantial. So it was when I was going through the uh, the interview process for my current post as well so um, and it was right through the application and the interview process and actually took us right up to um, the starting in post so that sort of that spell and um, so I don't know if it was because I was going on such a sort of deep uh, soul-searching journey myself but yeah found it tremendous and I loved the connections that the practitioners had all together with that book. I am um... I can't decide between The Whole Brain Child and our mm. current book, Child Poverty, Aspiring to Survive. And um, those are both for connections to my own childhood. I am a care experienced person and um, my mum had deep rooted addiction issues when um, my sisters and I were very little. Mm. Um, and so reading The Whole Brain Child, I found that quite a traumatic experience because I was suddenly learning about the things that could have helped me when I was little. And then instead I got to high school and I was, I was such a shit is the only way to describe it. I was not a nice pupil. Um, and now reading Child Poverty, Aspiring to Survive by Professor Morag Trainer, everything she writes just hits home to my experience of childhood. You know, I used to I wore my big sister's old trainers to school and we got our food from Iceland. And because of that, the other kids in the class would bully you. And mm. I, I find these books really hard to read, but I find it really interesting because I just, I, I don't know, I just wonder if my teachers back then had had the same learning, would things have been different? Mm -hmm. I don't know. 
but they're my favorites. Yeah, it's interesting how we all connect with different things and for different reasons. And and actually what we what can be really powerful and what we can enjoy can also really challenge us as well. And that those two things can sit together at the same time. So what's next for Scottish Educators Connect? Like, do you have a bigger picture vision? Where are you going? Well, James and I, we do reflect after the sessions and after the books and you know we started with nine people showing up for a chat and now we've got 55 professionals across Scotland and now they've got to read the chapter and they've got to do a preparation task and now they're in team spaces which was jumping off of our work with Brene Brown where you know if you've got 55 people giving up on Monday night you need to give them a space mm. to have their voice heard so there's a lot of technicality to what we're doing James does that um on the Monday nights as well so we're using Menti and Padlets and blogging and and all of the participants are joining in with that now so we've already come a long way from where we were in May from nine people to 55 and come and have a chat about the book to actually if you want to come you've got to do the homework as well um I think I think for me one of my goals would be to be able to be learning together in the same physical space. I think that I really hope to meet some of all of these people who've joined in with the learning because they have become friends and many of them have shared things that just makes me want to cuddle them. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think for me one day soon, hopefully us all learning together in the same space would be really good. The members have uh, said that we have to have a party with that as well, so that is one of the <laughs> prerequisites. I think for me, there's um, there's something around about, and we've talked uh, we've talked about this around about for the future is the the people that have come along to Scottish Educators Connect and continue to be part of that, whether whether physically or um, in terms of accessing the in some of the online offers, have all got. I suppose niche expertise in terms of different elements and there's been times in the discussions where practitioners have been sharing lots and lots of bits and pieces of their own experiences and their, and their own knowledge base and posting links and, and people have been asking questions and just because of the ways that the sessions work we don't often have the time to go into anything in, in great depth so we want to try and look at you know bits and pieces of you know, learning from the likes of Teach Me and those sorts of things and see how can we use a system like that in order to be a place that practitioners can learn from one another, but almost the, the bits and pieces that go on in the background in their in their day to day. So um, and whether that happens remotely or physically, we've not quite worked it out yet, but we but we will. I think that the future of Scottish Educators Connect it just relies on the people showing up and doing the work and we're really lucky that the people who have chosen to join us have committed to joining us and it's no mean feat it's mm -hmm. it's it's a lot of work and with lockdown teachers and educators and health professionals workloads like they've doubled they've tripled it's not not like we're all sat at home skiving but these people are still showing up and they're still sharing their passions and their their heart and their vulnerability and so if people keep doing that then James and I will keep showing up I feel like we owe it to them now yeah. we're um, stuck I'm sure <laughs> they'll 
they'll be better off for doing that. Keep uh, <laughs> showing up, doing the work, and somewhere down the line you might get a party. Sounds like the the message <laughs> from today. James, Anita, thanks very much for that input. And before you go, we've got three last questions for you. Um, you can pick whichever order. I sense it might be Anita first. Tell us what you wanted to be. <laughs> I hope that was okay. Tell us what you wanted to be when you were growing up. I wanted to be a teacher. Good for I you. Did. Yeah, always wanted to be a teacher. Miss Hay was my primary three teacher and she, she made me want to be a teacher. What was it about her? She loved me. She loved me. She made me feel like I was important. And she gave me cuddles and she helped me tie my shoes and she brushed my hair when I came and it hadn't been washed. She loved me. That's lovely. Yeah. James? I don't know how to follow that because uh, I actually wanted to be the manager of the Spice Girls when I was uh, growing up. <laughs> was my was my first job that I really thought, do you know what? I, I think I could I could do that. They they they're going That's places. Um, but yeah, is it, it's not like too late. A career. <laughs> I mean, I think they're, they're, yeah. they're all still with us, James. They might not be singing. And I have heard Mel B's wanting another tour, so you know we never know. Go for um, it. <laughs> But yeah, then then knuckled down and realised I needed something something serious. And I remember having a careers advisor um, appointment and them spinning the little wheel around, and uh, there was lots of options. And I'd say teacher, and 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 I don't think they were quite sure, but it definitely seems to be working out for me. I love it. So yeah, it's great. <laughs> I, I think both of you bring an enthusiasm and a passion that is infectious. So education is very lucky to have you both in the roles that it, that it has you. Um, we know what you're reading for Scottish Educators Connect, but what else are you reading at the moment? I am reading, you know, Shuggy Bain. Yeah. Have heard? Yeah. Have you read it? I haven't yet. It's I would recommend reading it. Reading the first three chapters of Shuggy Bain took me back to living in the Blue High Flats in Wester Hales in Edinburgh. And it was very cathartic to read, but it's it's an absolutely brilliant read. Really yeah. great. I've heard that. It's an insight into Scotland that only Scottish people will understand, I think. <laughs> oh, Anita, you're definitely showing me up today. But um, I have um, been reading the children in our school, <laughs> The Demon Head Master. Uh, each day so yeah a chapter a day with Mr Cook and uh, this has brought me back to childhood it's such a lovely book um, my sister bought me a copy of it for when I got my headship as well so it's got a lovely inscription in it but um, yeah I'm just trying to find all the ways where he is definitely not like me um, and trying to think of all the ways that uh, yeah that I'm, that I'm most definitely the the opposite there so uh yeah it's, it's a little bit terrifying but i'm loving rereading it thanks very much last question folks is to ask you if you have a message or a quote something you want to leave our listeners with for today yeah i'm gonna share the nerd in me and i'm gonna say light can always be found if one only remembers to switch on the light do you know who that is Albus Dumbledore. Oh. Mm. 
I should know that I've been watching those that whole series recently with my daughter. Yeah, she'll your be, daughter's she'll be delighted. <laughs> Good one, James. Uh, oh, I was um, asked by Primary Three Four in the Google Classroom to to share that this week, and um, mine was a phrase that's quite often banded about in the in the north. It's uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Um, I, we hear it often, say it often, and I think that that's definitely been something. I think that that summarises my thoughts around about Scottish Educators Connect. If, if Anita hadn't sent that tweet and we hadn't then had that just chit chat via via message, we wouldn't be where we are now, both as, as colleagues and as friends. So yeah, just take that as uh, as as my as my parting thoughts, I think, for, for this one. This might be the nicest we've ever been to each other. <laughs> We're, we're appreciative of your very professional, respectful behaviour on this podcast, guys. <laughs> nothing venture, nothing it on ours. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, thanks very much for your time. It's been wonderful. Uh, it's been a real joy to share your energy and your thoughts tonight. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you for listening, folks. We really value you taking the time and space to join us, and we hope that you take something positive from it. We'd love to hear your reflections, so please get involved via Twitter or contact us directly by email. Thanks again. Stay safe and take good care.